here we are once again. It's uh, episode 82 of the Contrafabulous podcast, and I am Kin Lane, and with me as always is... Audrey Waters. With you as always, which isn't quite true since this week you are actually not, for the first time in like two years. Yeah, with... With me as always in this podcast, that was the confines of that statement. But yes, ah. I was uh, on the road all week in San Diego for a, a business thing. And yes, it was the first time I've been anywhere since, uh, wow, uh, March 2020, right? Something like well, that. Well, we have, tri- I mean, we've taken road trips places, but this was the first time you got on an airplane for something other than a weekend of hiking. Yes. And it was, it was very hard and awkward. The first day I felt like I was first time out in the world, um, and didn't know how to talk to people, but, uh, I, I warmed up and it got better and, uh, it was a pretty, pretty good week overall. Well, we missed you. Poppy and I missed you. Yeah. Well, last week we did a a hike in Monterey. That was lovely. We got to uh, do our podcast from from the the beach in Monterey. And then uh, here we are again. Um, I have a tweet open in front of me. I'm going to read it to you and and read who the 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 tweeter or or the, the person behind the account is. A, a Twitter handle, just simply at Jack, um, <laughs> and and the tweet says, "The days of Usenet, IRC, and the web, even email, were amazing. Centralizing discovery and identity into corporations really damaged the internet. I realize I'm partly to blame, and I regret it." Bless his heart. So this is, of course, um, Jack Dorsey, one of the co-founders of Twitter. Um, And this is his uh, new post-Twitter persona, right, where he's peddling NFTs. Like all roads, all roads right now seem to lead to fucking NFTs. (laughs) Is FFNNFT? Yeah, but he did respond to one person that said. Not fucking true, right? (laughs) <laughs> not fucking true. <laughs> um, one person did respond. Um, oh, Alexis Ohanian uh, responded. <laughs> Web3 fixes this, my guy. And oh, my God. Said, I knew it. Yeah, right. My, <laughs> my dude. We fucked and it up at Reddit, re- too, man. <laughs> he responded. I didn't see it, that. It was from Alexis at first glance. But he said, no, That that's just... Um, it puts the power into a different set of, of, of centralized uh, interests. It's not going to fix it is what he says. Wait, who's the he in that sentence? He, Jack, Alexis, Jack. or Jack? Oh, well, Jack's right. I mean, this is, I think that this is, there are many things I could uh, critique about his argument. I mean, I think that this notion that identity um, is consolidated, a single identity is consolidated, seems to me to be, analysis of, well, if nothing else, a group of dudes who've never taken a gender studies or um, critical race studies class before, um, who have 
probably never taken a sociology class before or an anthropology class before and thought about the ways in which we perform different identities all the time, but also haven't really thought about history or government and the ways in which our identities, you know, our formal, uh, our formal identities that are trapped in different kinds of bureaucracies. So the idea that somehow because I have a Twitter handle that or an email, like one email address, imagine just having one, have an email address that that is the, the end all be all of my uh, identity is, is a very shallow notion. Although I don't disagree that it's a, it is a pity that these things are consolidated in the hands of tech companies. Well, but let's, let's unpack that. Like, so I think this disappointment and, and regret and a lot of the things people are feeling that are in tech right now, a lot of this is built on the notion that, um, what's, what's your boy's name? John Perry Barlow's. My uh, boy. He's from Wyoming. You have to claim him. Um, I do it, not. His whole ma internet manifesto that, that all of this was somehow outside of corporations and power to even begin with. Is, was that ever even true? No, of course not. And it's such a, it's such a convenient mythology, right? Because then it side, it sidesteps, if nothing else, it sidesteps the military, the role of the, the military um, in development of computing, but also internet technology specifically, it sidesteps the role of government. It sidesteps the role of schools. I, I, I mean, the, the idea that, you know, the idea that the, that these technologies are, were created in people's garages and not actually in publicly funded universities, which is actually, well, some private universities, but many publicly funded universities were where so many of these technologies were, were first developed. Um, but yeah, it's a nice story that the, that these technologies were going to be about a de decentralized, whatever that means. What does that even mean? It's, 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 it's something people say when they don't really understand how things work, but I Try mean, I NFT. think even in, yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of like API. Um, <laughs> Boom. Uh oh. There's a big fire somewhere. I'm looking out the window. Uh oh. Um, you know, what? like, there's like a big, here? big black. There's, yeah, in the real world, there's a big black smoke plume over by the post office somewhere. Yikes. Anyway. Yeah, doesn't look good. Anyways, um, it's, uh, uh, I mean, is there, is there anything? Is there outside of corporate control? Is, is, does that even exist in the, in the real world or, or the virtual world? Can you get outside of what corporations influence and, 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 and speak to? I think that that's incredibly challenging. I, I mean, I think that the, and the whole system of the, the technology industry is, of course, um, it's, it is primarily about uh, businesses, but even if you said, well, we run a nonprofit, um, you're still beholden, I think, to, to capitalism, and you're still probably going to be using a, a corporation for your banking and a corporation for your technology. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that there's a, I'm not sure how there would be an outside of 
corporations because there's not really an outside of capitalism. We've talked about that before on the podcast, right? Yeah, I believe so. I just sometimes I, I struggle with whether it was recently or in the before <laughs> times when we did it. So, um, but the the notion that uh, and and the belief that that web three i got a screenshot jack saying this and alexis responding to him with web three but the the belief that somehow web three is going to be this build this bridge to this outside world that's similar to uh that the internet manifesto that somehow it's 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 free of, of the the all the illness that the the real world you know burdens us with um and then uh, I have to find this uh, story from or tweet from a couple weeks back, but it was this new Web3 platform that had all the same claims. Um, it was open source, so you, anybody could de could deploy this this Web3 um, Oracle tool that would basically um, create this this doorway to this amazing world. And the link on it, you had to go to GitHub to go download it. And I just thought that was a perfect representation of all of this. Yeah, I'm, and these, these, the, you know, the computer technology itself, I mean, this is one of the things I think that a lot of people who are in a world of software seem to forget that they're, that all of this happens on hardware. And I don't simply mean, I mean, the actual machines that we use, which are, you know, I don't see how web, web three is going to somehow disrupt the hardware makers, right? It's not as though we're all going to like take field trips to, um, to, to China or to, you know, parts of Africa in order to mine our rare earth materials and assemble, uh, motherboards and keyboards and screens ourselves. I mean, the, there's still going to be power consolidated within the, the hardware that we use, right? Or are we going to match yeah. I mean, it's like that somehow that, that somehow that doesn't matter. And even if, even if somehow we were able to have a, a different distribution of that kind of power, right? If it wasn't just one or two or a handful of major computer makers, major chip makers, the electricity is consolidated. Um, you, you don't have choice here where we live. We're stuck with using uh, what is arguably the world's shittiest electricity company in the world, PG&E, um, right? So I, I'm not, I don't, I don't see how we, how just by um, Alexis Ohanian waving his hands um, and John Perry Barlow's, you know, political legacy of libertarian bullshittery that somehow we're going to get outside of this. Well, uh, in my experience, um, having been uh, a, a libertarian for many years and, and living in isolation and being a white male, um, that I changed my tune once I got just a, a, a li enough knowledge and enough awareness to, uh, to figure out how a lot of this works. That it was more than just the technology that I couldn't code my way out of all of these situations. And so my my view of this is is these are just wildly isolated folks with very little actual knowledge about how the world works, and so these 
these mythical magical stories that that exist um are just representations of that that ignorance so i think that they're i mean they are compelling stories and i think that there's something very american about them i mean i i talk about this in my in teaching machines in my book a little bit right and i i think that you know in in fairness to alexis um and other dudes like him um that i think that there is this real fundamental belief in this country and not even just among the silicon valley elite but a fundamental belief in this country in that science and technology are going to get us into the better future and that we can engineer our way to a better place uh whatever that you know, we can engineer our way to a better economy. We can engineer our way to a better politics. We can engineer a way to better culture. We can engineer a way to better environment. It's all just a matter of tuning, fine tuning, um, the dials on, on this project. <laughs> I was hoping you're going to keep talking. I've got a big noise outside. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, it's it's this fundamental belief that technology is our savior to a certain degree. Um, and the, it's, it's the, the driving force of history too. Like the the thing that change the thing that changes the world isn't people. Uh, it's 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 the these techno techno technologies. Do you think that's a fundamental piece of this? Is is these people who who passionately believe in technology also simultaneously don't see people for sure. a variety of reasons uh absolutely don't care. i think they're mis uh misanthropes in a lot of ways right i think that there's actually a deep uh suspicion if not dis uh yeah distrust dislike of of people you know, I mean, I think yeah. that I think about, you know, I think about that uh, thing. I think that Steve Jobs said that this idea that people, you can't do what the customer wants because the customer doesn't actually have the right wants. You have to give them what you know is better for them because you're part of this elite, innovative, you have the, you have the insight to to be able to engineer a better future. I mean, I think that that's a very Zuck Zuckerbergian belief too. Is that, that the world you see, the world you know, because you're privileged, uh, is the right world, is the better world. And, and then thus you just got to set up a subscription for everyone else to, to tap into. Well, it's like, I think, uh, Kate Loss, I now I can't think of what she titled her book. Um, but I think, uh, her book about early Facebook, I want to say that it's called Philosopher King, right? And I think that it is this idea, this sort of very what classical uh, classical idea that, that the people in the tech industry really, truly are the best and the brightest, blah, blah, blah. And they're the ones who have a vision for the future and that, that vision is executable. And the rest of us are just absolutely sheep that are going to be, you know, brought forward into this better world. Uh, the, the world of web three, my guy, my guy. 
I, I sent her a screenshot of, of this, so she, she's actually seeing what uh, the magic. Um, do you see the, the tweet down below that says, uh, from Jack saying, no, just different set of words, or, or nah, same problem, different words. So he's, I'm curious of his view of, of Web3, and I know he's got a very precise view or definition of it that isn't shared amongst other Web3 folks. But it's- Jack, he is, Jack is such an, a, a strange character and all, you know, I, I think about the amount of time that you and I have been sort of observers of the industry and Jack is just, Jack is a, I think Jack is a slightly different, uh, character than some of them, but yeah, weird. So I'm filing this under my tech regrets because he, <laughs> he says, I realize I'm partly to blame and I regret it. Um, this is, I think the, the should be the poster child tweet for tech regrets in my mind is, is those of us who, who helped create all of this problems, how, how bad we feel now and, and that you should listen to us and, and we have, we have knowledge of how to get everyone out of this. But that's Tristan Harris, right? Like that's, that's his whole shtick. Um, right. He's, I mean, for me, he's sort of the, the poster child of this. He, he gets to spend all this time at, at Google and then have this like, whatever aha moment, bless his heart. And then gets to go around and have his new shtick be like, oh, we had no idea. Um, and now his new thing is whatever humane technology. But the fact, mm. I mean, the fact that you had no idea is really inexcusable. It, in my opinion. So one of the, the pushing this forward as far as uh, having no idea, um, there's a big conversation or, or ongoing conversation in, in my realm is, is around what's a, uh, product management or API product management and feedback loops and meaning that when you build an API that's used in applications, that you have feedback loops with consumers, and then they tell you what's working and what's not working, and and thus you're able to uh, keep uh, your finger on the pulse of what people want and need, and you're able to deliver the next uh, iteration of this, but uh, or, or or perpetual iterations of this that that are meaningful and people pay for and people are happy with, but the the real world, you know, that's that's the myth story that that I peddle as part of my my toolbox of API myth stories. But the reality is 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 you can have these feedback loops and still not listen or not hear. Uh, these feedback loops can be dominated by very loud people who who want something. Um, and and then I was having a conversation with with a product manager about this today, and they were saying, well. Uh, when I put my when I put my product in a in a grocery store, do I have a feedback loop with with consumers to tell me this was good or not? All I can know is they bought it or not, and that's the only feedback loop that matters is whether someone's willing to pay for it. And so I think there's a lot of myths floating around that 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 we tell ourselves that we have our finger on the pulse of what people want, and that markets will work things out in in some sort of weird way. I think that there are lots of ways in which we give feedback in uh, the things that we use, the things that we buy and sell. I think that one of the 
problems with how the tech sector sees it is that they are really interested or they are less interested in some of the traditional ways because of course anything traditional is somehow bad right it's outmoded not not expedient not innovative and so i think that they're they are much more likely the tech sector is much more likely to data mine the hell out of us rather than simply ask us what we like or rely on i think older um like i said more more traditional ways of getting our feedback whether someone buys or a product or not is not the only way that companies get feedback, right? Um, Smucker's Jam doesn't just say, well, I don't know, grape jelly, I guess we sold some, let's keep making it. There are, you know, I think that these companies have lots of other ways in which they try things out, they test, they test things, they listen to the feedback. And of course now they, you know, look at the, look at the, Instagram, are people in are people on the Instagram, Insta, the gram? What do we even call it? I don't know. Are there TikToks about jam? <laughs> I have now. I've got to see if there's a grape jelly TikTok channel. I'm on. Board. I'm sure there is. But this <laughs> idea that you know, you just look at how many units of jam you sold to decide whether or not you're doing a good job is is so. That just seems, again, that this, I don't know. It's like, I, I think a lot, and you and I talk a, a lot about people's lack of curiosity. And, and like, it's just strange to me to live in this world that we do when there are so many things that one can learn about both professionally, but also casually to sort of just be so darn uninterested at looking and learning. Well, and and just trusting in technology without wanting to understand uh, and say, no, um, uh, uh, we don't need this technology because it's not going to uh, uh, make me happy or positively impact my life. Um, I, I just feel like technology is designed that way that we don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I guess I shouldn't have my door open when we're doing this. Um, but luckily I can edit that out, um, is just that level of trust and blindness. And that's like spending a decade trying to convince people, you know, there's APIs beneath everything. We should pay attention. Look, look, pay attention. Look, your data is going through this. And, and people being very not curious about any of it and then not caring once they it is brought to their attention. I just... I'm extremely skeptical that Web3 is going to fix anything if not. I mean, I, I, I'm a tech, I'm a technical person and I, I can't verify all the tech behind crypto. Um, it's, it's pretty lofty and complicated stuff. And I just can't maz imagine that more complexity is going to, uh, uh, collide with society and, and just fix things. I just don't see it. Well, and this idea actually, I think is really important that technology is the fix to problems that people don't even necessarily have. So rather than I think, so back to the product management, back, rather than saying how, you know, what are, what are the issues that you're having? Um, how do we build, uh, build a product or build features in a product that address those problems? 
products or features and products get built that just really maybe they don't even solve a problem, but they just kind of like scratch an itch for a developer. And then, and then the customer is told that they're somehow doing things wrong, right? Well, your workflow is wrong or your, you know, your processes are wrong um, rather than, rather than listening and building things that solve problems, the things are built and then they try to like wedge behavioral change, wedge sort of institutional change backwards um, and get people to conform to the product rather than build a product that solves people's needs. Well, one of the, uh, I have to keep harvesting these going back to our, our definition of well, what is web three and we talked about web two uh, web one and web two and web three previously one of the uh, explanations I saw recently was web two ha built products and then focused on building a community web three is building community first and then products will come and they will just happen well, that's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, anytime you say <laughs> we're building a community, you're like, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> well, you're, you're building a community around what? Like, isn't community around the blockchain? Woo! <laughs> people coming together for some reason, you know, like people have to be passionate or believe in something, right? Um, to come together for some reason? Yeah, I mean, I think communities already exist. Culture already exists. This idea that you are going to like, yeah. Anytime it's about, anytime you see like a building the community thing, people are like, it's either like pyramid, it's like a pyramid sales <laughs> or like a church. I don't know. It's, you know, again, it's like these, People, people gravitate together already for a number of reasons. We don't need to put that on the fucking blockchain. Uh, yes. Yes, we do. And there's a lot of money to be made in doing so. Well, um, the, I, I find it fascinating to, to pick part his, his tweet. Are we back to the Jack? Days Back to Jack's tweet, because I've got it just open up here, blaring in my head, and that's what, what seeded this conversation. The days of Usenet, IRC, the web, and even email were amazing. So, were they amazing? <laughs> I mean, email, amazing? Sure. I think that there is this, There, I mean, I, Jack's quite a bit younger than us or a little bit younger than us, isn't he? I'm not sure, but he's older than Zuck. What do you think? Jackson is early forties. I could Google this. I'm, I'm Googling. Gonna... Um, I think that for a number of people who experienced those that, or who had transformational experiences around IRC and Usenet, it was amazing for them. Um, those people tend to be from a certain socioeconomic class oftentimes they tend to have uh, be often be white men, um, but even if even if I mean I think that there I think that there were possibilities and there are still possibilities to find to find your community uh, online for for people who didn't have that in 
for a variety of reasons in their analog settings. Sure. I think that there were also some really awful things that happened in online in, uh, in those days, but I think that there is a lot of nostalgia um, for among people of a certain age for those early technologies. So Jack is 45 years old. He was born in 1976. Okay, so he's not that much younger than us. Not uh, unlike, say, uh, Zuck or la last week's orange, or week before last, orange pajama man, who's like 20, uh -huh. maybe 30. Oh, they're all getting so old now. I wonder how that'll change things, if it will. But I think that's part of this, from what I, I can tell, is oh, it's not just a, a coming to terms with technology. It's like... Uh, coming to terms know, with being 30 and 40. Well, yeah. And I mean, uh, what, was, what was my saying always been like, 20s was figuring out me... Um, 30s was figuring out the world and and 40s was was like making it all work and figure and and i i feel like a lot of us just you know that's what midlife crisis is it's not just midlife it's you've you've gotten enough taste of the world and taste of yourself to know who you are or aren't and that you're now you're stuck with well crap this world is crazy i'm i'm probably fairly crazy uh, what are we going to do? You know, what's that mix? And I think it, it leaves people with a quite a, a crisis. And then, then you get a little bit older and you have different kinds of crises. I mean, I think we've watched, many of us have watched Jack's crises, for example, um, Elon Musk, uh, crises, lots of crises, um, lots of midlife crises there. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Well, here, take a look at this. So I just uh, Googling Jack Dorsey and you hit on the, the images tab, you get this uh, nice spread of images that I think scream crises, but you got you ranging from him in a suit to him with longer hair frazzled him with a shaved head and, and, and beard and goatee. You've got quite a mix and you can tell he's he's struggling is would be my interpretation but yeah I? I remember a long time ago over a decade ago now i really thought that jack was destined to be um up for a political career um i really thought that we would be looking at um you know um a senator jack dorsey at some point yeah. here in california uh, perhaps he's from Missouri, uh, perhaps Senator Jack Dorsey, Dorsey from Missouri, but I'm not sure that that's, I'm not sure that that's the, the path that he's going to follow. I think we could see a second act. I mean, I think he could go away, figure things out and then come back and reinvent himself. Uh, if he doesn't go full John McAfee or something, you know, he could come back and. I really and thought I we would see like a... President Cory Booker, Vice President like the Cory Booker, Jack Dorsey in pro internet. Maybe it'll be the web three political ticket. Well, what I, what I see here and I, my interpretation of just projecting my entire self here is, is 
there's not much nourishing in technology. I think there's, I think with the mass resonation, a lot of what we're seeing right now, we've all been stuck at home in front of the internet and realizing it just doesn't nourish, nourish our soul. Like, like we, we want it to, we think it will. And I think we're, we're colliding with this. Some of us at a certain age, um, I think earlier on, we were not, when we're younger, we don't see these things, but as we're getting older and we're starting to question a lot of things and what's our purpose what's our value we're getting close to the finish line here um we're realizing technology just isn't as 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 meaningful in our lives as as we thought it was going to be and that's and 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 then even with all the money we we can make in tech it, it's still not enough and and we're left with with the you know that that existential crisis and Jack's been going through that for a while. You know, remember when he did his like silent retreat, retreat um, in like, mm -hmm. didn't, like where where was it that he did it that was like egregiously terrible? Anyway, yeah. I don't know why I know all this stuff about uh, Jack Dorsey. Well, I, anyway, I, I remember that. I remember that time we were standing on street corner in San Francisco, and you exclaimed, "There's Batman!" and and it was Jack Dorsey, I, I suspect, running from Twitter offices to Square offices doing his job. So I think you, you've long suspected he's also Batman in, in addition to those two roles. Well, I would say that he is Bruce Wayne. Um, right. And the, this whole speaking of his tweet, right, being responsible for this. You know, the problem with uh, Bruce Wayne, other than he's a fascist, um, is that Wayne Industries, I mean, Wayne Industries is fascism, right? When, when a corporate, when corporations and governments, uh, work together in this kind of way, I mean, that is fascism. Gotham, everything has the Wayne name on it. Wayne Industries runs everything in Gotham. And, you know, I think I'm getting way off on a tangent here, but yeah, I think that this consolidation of power, um, is something that is incredibly important to keep an eye on. Um, but I, but I <laughs> color me skeptical that just changing the number behind the word web is somehow going to be the transformative, um, the, the tr transformative way of, um, breaking up these powerful monopolies. Um, but th furthermore, that blockchain, that somehow blockchain is, is the way that we're going to, again, re-engineer our society in order to have, um, a more equitable distribution of power is ludicrous. Agreed. Well, I, uh, I think, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to stew on, on, uh, his tweet, but also Alexis's uh, involvement in it, because I didn't, I didn't notice that. And thinking about the role that Reddit and Twitter have played, I would say Reddit and Twitter are the two APIs I love hate the most when it comes to uh, the potential what you can mine and do because they're publicly available. But it's 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 kind of like your Wayne Industries analogy. There's so much damage, and I feel like. Um, th that damage was self-inflicted to create a market and to create uh, 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 these places where you can make lots of money and off of speculation and 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 controlling people uh, or influencing people. Um, 
and and automating that influence that uh i don't know i gotta think about this relationship in this this in this tech regert also alexis uh, alexis is married to the goat so um Mm. truly uh the i think one of the greatest athletes of our time and um yeah that's one that i stew on a lot a lot and yeah like what is she seeing him or like sure we can start there fix him (laughs) <laughs> we start there. Maybe yeah. maybe that's all that Jack needs is just a, a good strong woman in his life kicking his ass. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, um, I think that's about about a about a podcast there where it looks like we're we're about thirty six, thirty seven minutes. Excellent. Um, good. Yeah. That's um, a good time. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you joining me this week again. Well, I think we're. We're we're hitting a rhythm here, and and uh, and I'll keep scratching for some interesting stories. If people are listening, I know a few of you are because I've talked to you. Um, feel free to to email me, as the site says, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, things you would like us to discuss. Because I feel like we're uh, we're back in the groove. We are back in the groove, and I love it. I I mean, it's it's actually quite enjoyable to me to have. 36 minutes of thinking about Silicon Valley as opposed to spending my entire day on that heinous website that Jack helped create um, and Mm. looking, looking at, um, you know, just being deluged uh, by the bullshit. Yes. I think um, having a front row seat, you're a much happier, healthier person, not doom scrolling every day. Right. Well, Until next time, I appreciate you being here and uh, I'll see you next week. All right, next week.